Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this awesome day. I thank you for your people, for what you've put into them. Thank you, Lord, today that as they hear your word, that your word makes the difference in, in even things that they are battling with, things that they're weighing out, things that are in the balance right now, that your word makes the difference in helping them to make correct decisions and decisions that are based on and with your wisdom and your understanding. And we bless you. We honor you today. I thank you, Lord, as this word goes forth. It will not return void, but accomplish what it was set out to accomplish. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. And amen. Everybody glad to be in the house today? God is good. God is good. Um, today, ne- next Sunday, starting a new series. A new series that <laughs> actually I was going to preach two different times in the last year or so. And, um, and I didn't. And now it's ready. And uh, message starting next Sunday, the new series, I'm not going to even tell you what it is. <clears throat> got to show up to get it. And it's going to be good. But what I want to do today is <clears throat> end and, and kind of bring to conclusion um, what we've talked about last Sunday and the Sundays leading up to that on our Word First conference shared a little bit about it, and has to do with vision for the house this year, and has to do with the highways and byways the Scripture talks about in Luke chapter 14. And uh, I shared with you last Sunday morning and Sunday night several things in regards to this, and, and uh, <clears throat> so today I want to finish a couple things that we talked about on Sunday night concerning the cause or the purpose. And actually, the title of my message today is The Purpose. What is the purpose of the kingdom of God? The purpose of the kingdom of God. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but um, today I am in an overwhelming way I am amazed, after all the years that I've been born again, at how privileged that we are to have the revelation that we do of God and who God is and the nature of God, how God thinks, that we can actually know these things if we allow ourselves to put out just a little effort If we just put out a little effort, the Bible says, draw near to God, take a step toward God, and God will take a step toward you. Actually, it's more like you take a step toward God, and He'll take about 10 toward you. He just just wants you to be interested in Him. And it's amazing what can happen and the revelation that comes to us in in those times. So... There is a purpose for your life in planet Earth. There is a purpose here that if you miss this, I'm telling you, this one thing that we've been talking about for the last few weeks, if you miss this, it, the, for the lack of a better word, it, it screws with your thinking if you miss this. It, 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 it messes with the way you perceive life and why you're here. Um, I saw, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll have a thought <laughs> and I'll Google that thought. Anybody do that? You have a thought about something, you know, how many people think this? So I'll just Google it, you know. And uh, lo and behold, boom. You know, sometimes you get things you don't want to get. But anyway, <clears throat> you know, you got to, you got to, rain in your thoughts before you Google, but, you know. Um, but 
I've seen several statistics that talk about how people don't know why they're here and, and don't understand destiny and don't understand their purpose. So people are trying to find themselves. You know, <clears throat> we live in a society where, you know, when I was, when I graduated high school, I had purpose in sports, so I went to college. But, you know, e- even in my day, you know, uh, by the time I was, the summer after my 16th year, um, which would be my, would have been my, uh, what, sophomore year, something like that. Yeah, after my sophomore year. And they were already really pressing me to make a solid decision about my future. Well, how many know that your brain doesn't stop developing until you're 25? So at 16, I had counselors really pushing me to make quality decision about what I was supposed to do. And uh, I thought I knew what I was supposed to do. I mean, I thought I knew my future and where I was going, you know. <clears throat> but in these statistics that I've, that I've looked up, many people try to find themselves in college, find their destiny and their purpose. So they go to college for one thing, but I saw a statistic that said 75% of the people that go to college for one thing never use that. 75%. Here's, here's my deal. If you're planning on going to college or whatever, you know, and that's what you're supposed to do, do it. I'm not discouraging that. But if God has a plan and a purpose for our lives and we find that and we begin to walk that out, then if school's a part of that, it's going to produce. Because God will never lead you in a direction where, nah, I changed my mind. You know, I was just going to test you and see what you did. No, that's not, God doesn't mess with us like that. He doesn't play games with us. So we can know if we develop our ability to hear him and hear his voice, we can walk certain things out and get the results that we're looking for. Well, the ingredient that we cannot miss, the thing that is vital to our success, is that we've been called as individual people above everything else to reconcile other people to God. If you know God, your number one calling in life is to reconcile people. Now beyond that, whatever it is that you do, whatever your vocation is, whatever career you have, whatever direction that you move in, okay? If you keep that first and foremost, you you won't seek after the wrong things. You, you You won't take... You, you won't just take another position or a job because it makes more money. Because when you know that God supplies all your need according to His riches, then you're not looking for a career or a direction that's based on money. You're looking for a career or direction that's based on what God says. And it always works. He's never come up short ever. You understand? I mean, he's never, ever, ever come up short in any person's life that would continue and stay with him and walk it out with him, ever. We can't miss this ingredient of reconciliation. We've been called to, see, to be used. God needs you. Everybody say this, God needs me. People, I've heard people say, well, you know, God doesn't need you. God can do anything. God can do anything. But God set it up on planet Earth to need you. So He's done all the work. He's set it all up. And now He needs us to walk it out on the Earth so that what can be accomplished is His will. And His will is people. And what happens is we have to get this thing inside of it. Everybody do it in a different way. Everybody live in a different way. Everybody's Everybody's personalities are different and, the, different, and the way you walk things out is different. The way you relate to other people is different. All of that, it's all different. But first and foremost, to have the heart that God has, you've got to love people. Every song that was sung today was prophetic. Every single song that was sung today was prophetic. Lord, teach me how to love the way you love me. <clears throat> 
mm, that just, I mean, I'm telling you, as I was singing those words, it just pierced the inside of me. God, teach me to love people the way that you love me. Mm, mm, mm. But life is about that. Life is all about the way we handle and deal with other people in different relationships. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, your careers, your future, your destinies, every person in here has one because God had a plan for you even before you were, is what the Bible says. I don't understand that. It didn't make any sense. But he had a plan for you before you were. And what, I don't know about you, but if he had a plan for me, then I want to find that plan. And I want to be right in the middle of what he wants for me, right? That's where my success is. That's where I find myself fulfilled. I can't tell you through the years how many different times that a question was asked me, I feel like by God, that God asked me this question. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want out of life? What do you want to do? What do you like? When I ask you that question here today, do you know what you like? Do you know what you want to do? Do you really, is what you're doing today do you have a passion for the things that you're doing today? Or is it just, I'm doing that, going through the motions, trying to make ends meet or whatever, you know? God understands that, and we've all been in places like that, okay? But God wants to take us where we're at and bring us to a place of His desire for our life. Because, as my wife was talking about earlier, that there is a place in God where you're blessed and prosperous, and you're overcoming, and, and you're fulfilled, and it's like... You know, you, you. I heard, I heard somebody say this. I can't remember who made this comment, and I'm probably not even repeating it exactly right. But that you want to work a job where you feel like you've never worked a day in your life. You want to work a job where you feel like you've never worked a day in your life. Can, can you enjoy life that much? Can you be a part of that? And, and see, see, that's not without trials and tests and tribulation and difficulty and sufferings and the thing that, that are in life itself. That's not without that. That's in spite of that. Because of my ability to hear God and follow Him. So, I want to finish today just with a few things <clears throat> in regards to the highways and the byways. Um, <clears throat> turn with me to Matthew 22. And this is a story that we read. It was the parable of the wedding feast. We read in the last few weeks. <clears throat> and um, Just so follow with me because I'm going to piece a few passages of Scripture together to make a point this morning. Verse 2. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who would be compared to the father in this parable. Well, actually, verse 1 just back up to verse 1 so I, so I read certain words that I need read to make my point. Uh, chapter, it's 22 and 1. Jesus answered and he spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. And, and, and the point or, or the comparison that we're making of this is the father with his son Jesus. And he sent out to his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they, were, and they were not willing to come. And then it talks about several things and excuses and things that were made. But the kingdom of heaven is like, it's like this wedding party, this wedding that was prepared by the king for his son. And um, in Ephesians, we see where God thought so much of the marriage relationship that he compared the relationship between Jesus and the church with a, with a relationship between a husband and a wife. There was the comparison there. And he said the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he was talking to them in a parable. So when you read the story right here, it's not literal, it's a parable. Right? It, it, it's a story to make a point. 
And he compared the marriage relationship here with Jesus and the church. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And then in the 14th chapter, we're just jumping into the middle of here, and this is a story of uh, talking. Actually, I believe because of the first part of this chapter that it was actually a dinner uh, where these people were invited to a wedding. And, and because he talks about that a little bit in the first part of this chapter. But in verse 21, and, and he had invited people and the people didn't come, and it says, verse 21, so the servant came and he reported these things to the master, which would be the father. And the master of the house being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lamed and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, but still there is room in the house. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, or the highways and byways, one translation says, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Compel them to come in that my house may be filled. So, the kingdom of heaven is compared to this marriage that was set up by the Father with Jesus for people to be invited. That's the, 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 the story here is, is, is what I just said. And the purpose is for these people to be invited and to come. And those in the house to be compelled to go to the highways and the hedges and bring them in. But there's a purpose. And there's always been a purpose. It's not, it's not just to fill the house, but it's because of what's in the house. Okay? What's in the house? You. <laughs> You're in the house. And what's in you? The Word. Right? You're in the house, and inside of you is the Word. And in John 18, John 18 and verse 37. <clears throat> Pilate therefore said to him, this is a totally different story, but just a point about what the purpose and what the cause is. Are you a king? This is before his crucifixion. And Jesus answered, you said rightly that I am a king. For this cause or for this purpose, I was born. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. What did I say in the beginning where our success is? Is being able to hear the voice of God about direction, about future, about destiny. Being able to hear the voice of God. Not being in a place where, you know, well, you just never know what God's going to do. And, you know, some people can probably hear God, but I can't. No, we don't want people to think that way. Okay, so the kingdom of heaven is compared, when we saw in this other parable, the kingdom of heaven is compared to the father preparing this wedding for his son. And the wedding's being prepared, and the son is the, bro- is, is, the, the, son is the groom, and you and I and all of humanity are the bride. Kingdom of heaven is compared to this example right here. And the purpose of the, of the dinner and the food being served is so that people will come to receive this truth that he's talking about here in John 18. He said, for this cause or purpose was I created to bear witness of the truth. You'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you, what? Free. You'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The vision of this house in 26 years has always been the truth. It's always been about the truth and what the truth produces. People don't know they need truth. 
Pilate asked Jesus, so what is truth? What is truth? In college, my sociology teacher made a mockery of the Bible. Made a mockery of the Bible in saying that nothing is truth. Nothing is absolute. So one day I was arguing with him in my infancy in God, and he says, okay, give me, give me a definition of a cow. And so I gave him as many definitions as I could, and he said, yeah, but so is this, and so is this, and so is this. And so there's no absolutes. Nothing is absolute, no absolute truth that defines anything in, huma- in, in all of humanity. I'm telling you today that this truth is not understood with this mind. Amen? This truth is revealed by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. For this cause was I created, Jesus said, to bear witness of the truth. And he said, when I leave here, I will not leave you as orphans or comfortless, but I'll leave you with the Holy Spirit, who were, his purpose was to reveal all truth. He came to bear witness of the truth, to leave the one that would reveal truth to you, that would liberate your life and give you purpose and know why you're on planet earth and know how to accomplish the will and the destiny that God had planned for you before you even were. Someone shout amen. amen. Man, we're not here. We're not here like a bunch of idiots that don't know how to figure things out. We have the Holy Ghost. Amen? Mark chapter 4. And if I had time, I'd read the whole chapter, but I won't. Because I don't. I won't because I don't. Mark chapter 4. In verse 1. This is Jesus teaching. And he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got in the boat, and he sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. I stood right at the shore on the Sea of Galilee, where they said that his boat was pushed back, and where he preached. And, and, and it, was, it was surreal to think of all these passages. Every time I read them, I get cold chills because I remember being there. And I remember before I went to Israel, people would tell me it'll change your life. And I thought, no, no, no. Jesus changed my life. Not a land. Not a piece of land. You know, I'd tell people that all the time. Well, don't say that. Because it changed my life. (laughs) Anyway. Then he taught them many things by parables. He taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching. So what were the parables for? The parables were there to explain what the kingdom of God was like. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. Multiple time, time after time, and many t- probably there's many things that he taught about the kingdom of God that aren't even recorded because the Bible tells us that's that so. But the kingdom of God is like, and it's like, and it's like, and it's like. And here here he goes on to say, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up and had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and it choked, and it yielded no fruit. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased. And produce some thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Verse 9, and he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What's the purpose? What's the cause? It's for truth. And why do you fill the house? So people can hear. So people can hear. So people have to walk in here and sit down. And we set it up like this so you're not talking. Okay? There's not, there's not a, you know, we have other times where there's classes and things where we can talk and discuss things, but you don't need to talk today. You need to sit here and listen. Every one of us, myself included, I need to be in a position where I'm sitting and listening and not talking. Because when I'm not talking, my ears are open to receive, and that's why every time you walk in here, you walk in here with purpose and bring somebody on your arm with you. 
because they can sit and listen. And what happens? The kingdom of God is being fulfilled in their life. Things are beginning to change on the inside of them because they're hearing something they've never heard before. If you're a guest here today and you've never heard maybe teaching like this, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, whatever, all that's happening is as you're hearing the teaching, it's challenging you maybe with something that you've never heard before. And as you do something with that, it begins to change the way that you think. Thinking changes, thinking changes with new information that helps you to cast the thoughts down and give other thoughts that haven't produced fruit, put those things to the side and begin to embrace other thoughts and other ideas and other knowledge and give it an opportunity to bear fruit. And that's what the Word of God does. It doesn't force itself on people. That's why people need to hear. Anybody has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. What God is saying through the truth. Right? And watch what it says. So that seeing you may see and not perceive, and hearing you may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Verse 13, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Okay? So in other words, he said, if you don't understand this one, the rest of them won't make sense. And what is the truth of this one? It's the next verse. Verse 14. Five words. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. And so... What has to happen to advance the kingdom in the heart of every individual is that we learn to be sowers. So that as the word is sown in us, like the song that was sung today, Lord, teach me how to love the way you've loved me. As people begin to hear and realize how much God loves them, then they're able to turn it around and sow that kind of stuff into other people's lives. That's the kingdom of God in action. The way he loved me, then I can love others. Not just trying to love people when you feel unloved, unappreciated, you feel worthless, you feel like a loser, and all that. you're not going to love other people with that. You'll love out of the love that you understand of him, and it first takes being in a position to have the word sown in you. It's sown in me, then I become what? A sower. Because the sower first will sow the word. And when you begin to sow the word into other people's lives, their lives begin to be changed. When you begin to love other people, when you you begin to have highway and byway people that you connect with on on a regular basis. I've got, the beginning of this year, I've got three new byway boys that are in my life. And one of these days they'll be in church because the purpose of going to the highways and byways is to fill the house. That's the purpose. And what's the cause? The cause is for the truth. And right now, I got, I got three byways. I'll give you a little example. I'm not going to tell you where it is. I'm not going to tell you the business or anything else. But the other day, my, my wife and I were doing a couple things. We were running around town together, and, and uh, we were going to go to a certain place. And, uh, well, we were going to go to two or three different places. So we went to the first two, and then the third one, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go to that place, you know. So, I, so I'm trying to convince her not, well, you know, we don't, we don't really need to go there. And she said, yeah, but that's what we plan to do. And, and when she said that, I just, I said, instead of arguing with her about it, now we get this and what, no, okay, you're right. That's what we plan to do. So this isn't our normal everyday thing. So we're going from place to place, and we go to this third place. And we show up at this place, and I'm in there getting some stuff, and I need some help from a guy. And the guy walks up to me, and he starts talking to me, and he's talking to me with a different accent from another country. And uh, so we're walking down the aisle, and I said, so where are you from? And he goes, tells me, and I said, well, uh, actually, I was in that country, you know, about a year ago. And he goes, really? I said, yeah. Where, where, where were you at? And I told him, he said, oh, I, I, that's where I came from. 
And he said, uh, my, my, my wife and I came here uh, 20 years ago, and she came here to do some schooling for her profession. And then we were, she got through at the school, and we were supposed to go back, and we've been here 18 years longer. <laughs> and I said, we live here in town. And so I just, I, and so I, he said, what were you in that country for? I said, well, I was there with a, with a group. I was there for a conference and this, this, for, with this church. And, and he goes, what church was it? And I told him, I said, well, I was there with Hillsong Church is what I was there for. So I'll just tell you that part of it. And he goes, I said, you ever heard of them? And he goes, No. I've never heard of that. He was from the country and never heard of that. That's one, that's one of the largest churches on the planet, and, and their music is worldwide. And this guy had never heard of him, and here he is in my presence. And he asked me one question. So what's your church like? My wife's sitting in the car waiting. <laughs> My point is, I won't tell you the rest of the story, but that guy will be in church. Can you say amen? He's a byway boy. He's a byway dude. Man. He will be in church. But I almost missed it. Because I wanted my way. Man, I don't want to do it. I thank God, number one, for a good wife that Reminds me of what we what our plan was, but when she said that, okay, it could be my nature to argue that. But when she said that, my spirit said yes. See, that's how you hear. I mean, it's just little things. You just know. It's just this intuition that you have that something is right. And just think. I've got two of the guys that I'm in contact with, okay? And, and as I told you over these last few weeks, it's not about shoving stuff down people's throats. It's not about preaching to them. It's not about anything. He asked me the questions. We got around church because I answered what he asked, right? I didn't go there, hey, you need to come to my church. No, 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 man, you're going to push him away. Most people, unless God's really showing you that they're ready for that, most people is going to turn them off. Just love them. God, teach me to love people the way you love me, unconditionally. Amen? And, and, and that's my challenge. See, see, do you think I came back to the car depressed and frustrated? No. Even if I hadn't got what I went in the store for. Man, I was pumped and up. See, it's part of our DNA. We were created to live for people that way. And listen, in the natural, it's just things that we could actually just trip over. It's not like waking up in the morning. <sighs> Do I go to Gibson's? I mean, it's, it's not that. It's just wake up and love God. You, you understand? Just wake up and have an ear to hear and, and realize because of what's been sown into you, you're a sower. You know, it, it's not all this hoopla kind of stuff and we, we don't have to make something out of it. We, we are it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're the vessels that God chose for this time to live in this city to fill the house with people from the city so the city could be changed and delivered and set free. Amen? That's the purpose. Come on, yeah, give him praise. Come on. That's why we're here. Man. And all the other things that you've been created for, all the other things that you have been created for will evolve. Write this down and go look at it. It's something like the 13th verse of Psalm 92. Those who are planted in the house will flourish in the courts. Okay? And the courts represent everything else but the house. So everything else you do, you'll flourish in when you're planted in the house. That's the benefit. Do you hear me? The benefit is the planting so that you flourish. Now, read... 
you go back and read and just remind yourself of Ephesians 3.10. If you're taking notes, you can remember this. Because in the Amplified it says, the purpose is that through the church, that the, that the yeah, let's look at it. I don't want to butcher it. Oh, it is? Yes. The purpose is that through the church, I got that right, <laughs> the complicated, many-sided, what? Wisdom of God in all of its infinite variety and its innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. That's the purpose, is that through the church, the wisdom that we receive because of the word that we hear and the knowledge that comes from the wisdom that, that we walk in a place and at a level that, that helps other people to see things that their educated, even, if you will, minds will never see. Education in itself is good, but education will not lead you to the will of God. If, if it would, then every, every person with multiple master's degrees would be the most spiritual people on the planet. It doesn't work that way. All that's good. The education part of it's good, but not when it's void of the Spirit. See, because the knowledge you need to be effective in the earth comes from the wisdom you get from the seed of the Word. In the seed. Ever heard someone talk about like an apple seed? In the apple seed itself, in one apple seed is, you know, hundreds and hundreds of bushels of apples in one seed. One seed. And the seed of the Word is your victory, it's your health, it's your prosperity, it's your deliverance, it's your state of mind, it's your destiny being fulfilled in the seed of the Word of God. That's how valuable it is and how... how we need to value it in such a way that we cultivate that and let it grow. So it's not just you hear it in here, in one ear and out the other ear, and you forget all about it. No, you hear it, you take what you hear and do something with it. That's our part. Amen? And then what happens is you become a sower. Now, almost to my point. Proverbs 24 and verse 3, and then we'll look at Galatians 6 and verse 7, and we'll be done. Proverbs 24 and verse 3. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I like the Amplified here. Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and a good foundation. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house. So, I really want to encourage you in what I'm fixing to say right now. Listen to what I'm saying. Everybody look at me and think about this today. Specifically, we're talking about two houses. Okay? Your personal house and the house of God. Okay? Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house built and established. And my personal house and my family and your personal house and your family are one house. And if we understand the truths that we've been talking about in the last few weeks and we understand how vitally important my connection to the ministry of reconciliation is to my future. If we all get that, and we all are positioning ourselves to be hearers so that what we hear 
establishes us so we become sowers. As we all get a hold of that and get a hold of the revelation that other people need to be in the house and we fill the house under the direction of God and the Holy Spirit, then what happens is not only does this house become full, this house becomes strong because your house is established on the truth. It's established on the knowledge that comes from wisdom that you're putting to work on a day-to-day basis that is establishing you so that the house of God is strong. Two houses, right? If your house isn't strong, it doesn't matter how many people come in here. If we just have a house full of people that are doing nothing with the Word, doing nothing with the truth, in other words, doing nothing with the purpose and the cause that Jesus came to bear witness to the truth, to leave the Holy Spirit, to reveal all truth to us. We're not developing our ability to hear His voice and do something with that truth. A house full of people is going to be no different than any other kind of public interest group. I'll tell you this. Born-again people with unrenewed minds will produce as much or more strife and division than people that aren't born again. Yeppers. That's why we got to bear witness to the truth. We got to let the truth change us. We've got to see our minds renewed and not just stay carnally minded people. You know, it's easy to do that. And everybody's got carnal thoughts and carnal attitudes. Everybody's got things that you deal with. They're just stuff. Everybody's coming out of something. Everybody's dealing with something you should be for the rest of your life. You should be coming to a new level of understanding and revelation that's liberating your life in ways that you've never been liberated before. And remember, other people aren't necessarily dealing with what you're dealing with. So don't be judging other people and, you know, you get some revelation. You'll lose that. You'll lose what that revelation is producing you really quickly when you try to judge other people with how good you're getting. Galatians 6 and verse 7, and we'll end with this. Galatians 6. Actually, let's start with verse 6. Galatians 6, 6. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9, And let us not grow weary while doing good. In other words, sowing to the Spirit. For in due season you shall reap if you don't lose heart and quit. If you don't quit, you'll reap if you keep sowing to the Spirit. That's an absolute. It's a truth that is absolute. And I want to say this just in closing about this verse and about the sowing part because what we've talked about is Jesus talked to everybody in parables and He said the kingdom of God is or the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is compared to. And we talked about the wedding and the relationship between Jesus, the groom, and you and I, the bride. That relationship. And we talked about what his purpose was for coming that he told Pilate. I came here for a purpose, to bear witness of the truth. 
And we talked about, and we've talked about in the last few weeks, the importance of going to the highways and the byways and bringing people in so people's lives can be liberated. But at the same time, and don't, don't miss this, it's more for you, it's, it's, for, it's, it's as much for you and probably more for you than it is for the person that you're, that you're sharing with and that you're being reminded to go back to. The place of business where this last byway boy was, I don't even like to shop there. I don't even like to go in there. Well, you know what? It changed my thinking about that place. I'm not moved by what I don't like about the place anymore. I'm going to go wherever God tells me to go, whether I like that place or not. Anyway, so understanding that we've talked today and our understanding of that and then the understanding of the sower sows the word. And if you don't understand that parable, you won't understand anything else. So as you understand it, then you're able to sow that into other people's lives and help them to understand the purpose. Church is not about just showing up to a place. Church is about the word that is being preached and how it liberates and saves your soul on a day-to-day basis so that you can conform to the will of God daily. And it empowers us. Now, all of that I'm saying... The way you practice this is what he said here in Galatians 6. Don't be deceived because whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. As long as seed time and harvest is intact, or as long as the earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest time. So whatever a person sows, they're going to reap that. So here's the thing. When he's talking about sowing to the flesh versus sowing to the spirit, I want to encourage you about that for just just a moment as I end this message today. Because as as you are receiving words sown in you, as you're understanding how God loves you, you're going to turn around and sow seed and love people the way he loved you. Right? I don't want to try to love people with offenses and unforgiveness and bitterness. I don't want to try to love people with that stuff. I want to understand how much he loved me, be forgiven myself, and then be able to forgive other people and love people that way. And what he said here about sowing to the flesh versus sowing to the spirit, I think, is, is, is real key. And this isn't the exhaustive revelation on this passage of Scripture, but I think it's really important that we understand this. And I'm going to leave you with this today in, out of this message. The flesh represents the carnal nature, the the senses, what you hear and taste and touch and feel. It's the five physical senses and how your life is connected to the outside world by those senses. And if all you do, if all you do is stay connected with your senses to what the world says, what you're doing is sowing toward that. If all you do is listen to things of the world, Watch things of the world, and you don't listen to the Word to where it's, it's being able to, to at least have equal ground to decide what's true about specific things or not. If you don't do that, you, you won't change. One day I, had, I was in, in, in the presence of this individual, and they were telling me a, about some woman in Hollywood that talked about the life, the afterlife. And, and this person was just telling me, they, and they were telling me, and this was actually it was a family member of mine that was telling me that they'd heard this person talk about this, and you know they were really excited about it. And I just kind of, you, you know, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's, you know, she was going on and on and on about it, and uh, and so I just asked her, so so where where did she get her information? Oh, I don't, I think I think she just kind of in meditation she just came up with this. I said, really? Okay. And uh, so we talked a little while longer, and I was just looking for an opportunity for, uh, to get a foot in, you know? I wasn't going to hammer the woman, because then she's going to shut me off, because she believes in the woman, because she's listened to her long enough, she believes it. <laughs> but I knew what she was saying wasn't true based on this, not just something I had a dream about. I woke up one morning and I dreamt this and, well, you know, it's got to be true. And that's kind of what this happened with this woman that, she, that this family member of mine was listening to. 
So she goes on, and we're in this conversation. And so she said something, and bam. See, the Holy Spirit said, there's your door. There's your opportunity. And so I asked her this question. Long story short, I asked her this question that she couldn't answer. Wow, I don't know. I never thought about that. And then I asked her another question, and she couldn't answer that. And I said, you know what? Someday we'll talk about that. I'd really like to. Well, she's asked me about it three times. I ain't talking to her about it till I know in my, inside of me she's ready. You know, I'm not like pushing her away, you know, but I know she's not ready. See? And the Holy Spirit reveals those things to us about people, and, and the more I receive and I change, the more I want to see other people change, but I want to see other people change the same, with the same grace and mercy and patience that God had with me to change. What took me 10 years, I'm not going to try to change someone else in 15 minutes. He's going to love them. God, teach me to love people and have passion and compassion for people the way you've had passion and compassion for me. Because you know what today? Today, I'm walking in a revelation after almost 38 years of salvation, I'm walking in a revelation about how much God loves me and has forgiven me that, man, even five or ten years ago, I wasn't walking in. And all it does is give me that much more compassion and love and forgiveness for other people in their mistakes because God had so much passion and compassion and forgave me for so much, too much is, to whom, I mean, to, uh, ah, What's the verse? To, to, to whom? When you've been forgiven much. When you've been forgiven much, then you forgive much. How many believe that? I mean, really, that's true. Come on, give God praise for that. Man, when you've been forgiven, when you've been forgiven, and you know it, you have passion for other people. That's why we've got to change. Amen? And if you don't quit... Sowing, if you don't quit hearing and receiving words sown in you, and you don't quit sowing and looking for opportunities to sow into other people, you will reap. Guaranteed, if you just don't quit and give in. Amen?